what drives me, what drives a lot of us, is a desire to be popular, to be, to be um, well-known, to have a good reputation. And you know what the Lord says? I want you to take a stand for me instead of stand for the world. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Three Crosses podcast. My name is Buzz, and I'm one of the pastors here at Three Crosses Church, and I'm really excited to be back podcasting in this Walking with Jesus series. Over the next eight weeks, we're going to look at the life of the Apostle Peter and how walking with Jesus changed his life, the way that Jesus built into him, trained him, and then ultimately sent him out to accomplish a mission that God had for him in the world. We're going to look at some ways that walking with Jesus can form us and then get us sent out to partner with God in his mission here in the world. And so for today, we're going to connect you with Pastor Butch Monk, who is a all-time great podcast favorite for his third episode back here. Butch has been at Three Crosses Church for a long time. I'll let him tell you a little bit about that here in the episode. And I love learning from Butch because he's walked with Jesus for a long time. And I'd like to be like Butch when I grow up, so to speak. And so I feel like he is a good voice to tell us what does it mean to learn from Jesus Christ, to become more like him, and then to actively step out, follow him in the mission that God has for us here in this earth. A little podcast news here also at the top. We are still collecting your questions here at the end of the Walking with Jesus series. As I said, eight weeks from now, we're going to do um, some sort of mailbag. We're tentatively calling that burning questions. And so if you have some questions for us about what does it mean to follow Jesus or what does this or that passage of scripture mean, or maybe even like what happens at staff meeting or what's it like to host a podcast, really anything that's on your mind, send those questions in to podcast at threecrosses.org. We don't promise we'll be able to get to every question, but we'd like to hear from you guys and hear what's on your heart and engage with those in some way. And so podcast at threecrosses.org for the Burning Questions series eight weeks from now. But before we do that, we got to walk with Jesus. And so let's turn our attention to Pastor Butch Monk and what he has to say to us today. Butch Monk, truly one of the all-time greats. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. So, Butch, how long have you been around here at Three Crosses Church? I know you've been on the podcast before, which was the, yes. the pinnacle of your experience, but like, when did you start? I was the in uh, fourth grade when I came here. So, uh, about 1954, uh, 53, right in there. My Sunday school class, we were called the Rocketeers. That's a, that's exciting. Did you ever get to go into space with them? Uh, I was always kind of spacey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Somehow I believe that. <laughs> And so over those years, you've developed some catchphrases, one of which I used to introduce you, truly one of the all-time greats. How long have you been working on that? Uh, I don't have many lines, so that one is basically about 50 years. 50 years. <laughs> so fourth grade, you started a rocketeer. Fifth grade, you started cultivating your go-to, yeah, your go-to yeah. phrases. Yeah. Every once in a while, you come up with a new one, and you, you hit it, you know. Yeah. You got to take the hits with the misses. Keep trying out yeah. the new material. We'll see if we can develop any new material here. Some on this people identify this with certain ones too, and they'll pick up on it, and then it spreads, like <laughs> la di da. <laughs> Our veteran listeners can check this off because this is the I think the third time you've been here on is the it? podcast. Is that right? I, I I don't remember. I've been in this room several times with David. David is over here producing our podcast. Yes. We're grateful for your. David ministry, was one of David. my students here at Redwood Christian School, the Crossroads Campus. All right. So being around since 54, you've done, you know, Redwood Christian, Crosswoods Campus. Yes. Pastor, currently you're pastor to, pastor to the stars. What is your uh, title? <laughs> uh, I'm um, pastor to adults is what it's called. So we have the wide variety of seniors and 
and not so seniors, younger seniors. And that's great. I think they're all super. Anybody who comes, anybody who shows up, they get folded into your, into your shepherdhood, which I think is pretty cool. So coming in fourth grade, you've been walking with Jesus for a long time. I think formerly on one of our episodes, our listeners can listen back. We talked a little bit about your journey coming to know the Lord. And so here, uh, this week, we're kind of connecting with Danny's message about the Apostle Peter, who was challenged to step out and to follow Jesus for the very first time. This is, of course, in Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 through 20. Mm-hmm. And so I love the Bible. You love the Bible. So hit me with some Bible knowledge. What are some things that you notice about this passage that you think would be Kind of interesting to talk about as we try to connect our listeners with this idea of how they might be able to step out and follow Jesus for themselves. Well, right away you catch the idea that uh, Peter is doing what he had done for all of his adult life. They were casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen. You know, he was doing what he did, what he knew he should do. It was the routine. But previous to that, there had been in his mind something that was greater than his uh, occupation, which was um, um, the, th- the commitment, the, the th- thoughts, the ad- attitude that he would have that would carry him for the rest of his life. I mean, the occupation was important. It was vital. It put food on the table. But there was something greater than that. And so he was challenged with that by Jesus. It says... Um, he was there with Andrew, and they were casting their nets. And then Jesus says, and I've um, highlighted this in yellow in my Bible, come, follow me. Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. Obviously, Peter understood what it was like to be a fisher of fish, and now he's going to be a fisher of men. Yeah. Not so many fishermen these days. I mean, I know that there, there are some. I have yet to meet actually a professional fisherman here at Three Crosses. This is a little bit of a different society, but I wonder mm-hmm. if there's a way that we can kind of see through those fishermen's eyes and use this an- analogy that Jesus is doing to make it make sense to Peter. You know, like, I almost think like if I'm a teacher, say, and I encounter Jesus Christ, I wonder if he could make me a teacher for him. Or if I were a in data or programming or something like that, can I program for him? Do you feel like that's kind of the sense of this phrase, well, or am I, am I getting I it wrong? I think there's the one thing is that there are certain skills that a fisherman has. You know, he dangles the the bait right there. He goes where the fish are. He's got to be willing to do that. Um, uh, fishermen uh, sacrifice their own comfort. You know, they they're the guys that get up in the middle of the night and go to the right place at the right time um, to do uh, the work that they that they love you know fishermen you don't stick with being a fisherman unless you really like it because it's there's a lot of discomfort there um and when i think that that was the case with with the disciples period but certainly peter um they developed a a love for what they were doing and a love for most of all for following the lord he says come follow me that was so important um to follow to um and and to like it when you follow you know how you can follow with drudgery like i've got to do this i've got to you know go out and witness or or spend time with my neighbor or teach a sunday school class or whatever else but a true fisherman likes this is my my own interpretation likes what he does and and does it and how often do fishermen fish they fish a lot it's consistent 
You know, Peter yeah. was doing what he had done so many times. You know, you get up early, you go to the lake and you roll out the nets and you do the work. I just love that. Yeah. So in other words, Jesus is meeting Peter where Peter Where is, Peter was, yeah. And then he's going to teach Peter to go out and meet people where yeah. they are. Yeah. So in, a, in a way, Peter's modeling the methodology that Jesus brings to the table using something Peter knows as a model. Isn't it also um, significant that there's no argument here, you know, that they go, because Peter was certainly the impulsive, argumentative type and certainly could say, well, what do you mean? I'm, I'm going to leave. This. this is what I know I'm supposed to be doing. This is how I put bread on the table. Um, and you expect me to leave, you know, no way. Yeah, it, it seems almost like when you read through Matthew that this is the first time Jesus and Peter talked, and then he's just out of the blue, you know, follow me, and then Peter does. Do you I, think this is the first meeting that they had? I'm not sure it's the first meeting. It's probably the first real face-to-face -face intimate talk, though. There, there is another passage in uh, John 1, 35 through 42, where there, there is contact Jesus and, and the fishermen uh, who become disciples. But this is more than just a contact. This is an exchange. There's something going on back and forth. And I think that God has already put it in Peter's mind. I want you to, to leave the trade of being a fisherman and become a fisherman for me. And so Jesus, this is the challenge. Jesus is the, going to be the means by which Peter is drawn to that. And that's what the Lord does to all of us. He draws us yeah. at a particular time. He puts it in our minds. He's gotten us ready. You know, many times we might feel a, a challenge. Danny stands up there and says, I need Sunday school teachers. You know, I need somebody to watch the <laughs> three-year-olds. You know, and you get it into your mind. But until the Lord really confronts you and talks to you about it, and sometimes he uses somebody else to do that, yeah. you don't feel that the need, you don't step out. Right. Yeah, I think about this kind of like Christianity almost can be like being a member of a club, you know, like yes. I want to be in the club, so yes. I want to say Jesus is my savior. But really what you're talking about is get into the game, you know, get out there and, and play, go onto yes. the field, yes. anything like that. Did you play any sports growing up? I did. I played everything and <laughs> not well, but I played all the time. Yeah. Um, I, I would say... I just happen to have some notes here. Okay, let's 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 look at the notes. Can we look at the notes? I yes. can look at it. Our listeners can't, but you know what? Well, That's okay. I would say the first thing, though, in following is really to surrender. And I, 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 the Lord has been convicting me about this, and I've used this with my class several times. There is a continuous, has to be a continuous attitude of surrendering, surrendering your priorities as as. Peter had to, you know, he had to give up the fishing business or at least put it aside for a time. And he was still going to be a fisherman. He went back, they went back to fishing several times, but to, to make it your top priority, you have to surrender that priority. Yeah. If I'm going to follow Jesus, I'm going to give up certain kinds of things. There is a sacrificial surrender that we all have to go through. And you have, if you don't come to that, that time of thinking about that, and making that decision, then you're going to just kind of waffle around like uh, I'll, I'll be a, a follower from time to time. But when you make that decision to surrender those priorities and go after it, go with the Lord, that's a completely different thing. Th this, is so, this is so fun for me, though, because when I articulate it, it gets it into my mind and I become more 
convicted about it. And I asked the Lord, as I was praying about this the last couple of days, to give me real conviction. So the first step I say was surrender. But the second thing I think is even more important is that when the Lord calls you to do something, that you step into that responsibility, into that area of service. Step into service is the second thing I would say. So surrender almost, it's like you're talking about like an internal decision. That's, there's a, there's a mental right. position that's you right. become into. There's kind of a heart attitude which yeah. changes. And now here you're adding to this step into it. So there's an action component. So it's well, not enough to think the right things. Yeah. You got to get into the game. And 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 I would say that most of us are procrastinators. We will say, I'll make the surrender. And we say, oh, I'm so excited about someday doing this. But it's the point at which you actually step into that new position. Yeah. You know, I'm going to go talk to my neighbor. I'm going to teach the class. I'm going to uh, join a, a, a small group, um, home group. I'm going to do something with it. That's that's the key step. You have to step into that, yeah. that area. That reminds me of the time that Jesus met those series of people and they said, well, I want to follow you, but first let me go do oh, these yes. series of things. Yes. You know, I, he said, let the dead bury their let, dead. Yeah. You know, it feels like, come on, Jesus, that's really harsh. But I think what you're getting at is that Jesus sees our heart that we are procrastinating and to step yeah. into something, we always are excuse makers. Like I'll serve later when my kids are older or when I have kids or when, I don't know, fill in the blank of what your obstacle might be. Our listeners may even be thinking to themselves like, you know what? I procrastinated. There's a certain obstacle. And so we want to encourage you and step in. Buzz, one of the important things for us to understand that will hopefully help us to defeat this procrastination is that the Lord needs us to step into those responsibilities. You know, when he when he went to Peter and Andrew in this case, this was an intentional act. He goes to them. It's just not that he happens to be going along the way. Oh, yeah, there's some guys, you know, I'll call them. This was what he decided, what God knew, and he was going to use his son to, to get yeah. them to do it. They were needed. This is an intentional thing. God needs us to do the work that he wants done here on earth. And it might be something way out of our comfort zone, but if God calls us to do it, we have to do it. It's interesting for me as I've been working on this, and I've lived in the same house for 44 years, and I haven't touched very many of my neighbors, but lately I've seen the Lord just give me just making my garage where I sit in my lazy boy in the garage, the, my venue for talking to my neighbors. Uh, it's been so fun. Um, I would say that the next thing is um, to seek ways to, to develop relationships. You know, it, when you step into something, it's almost always um, relationship uh, driven. You know, there are, aren't many people that are called to just do pen and uh, paper kind of work in, in an office, isolated away. And you have to be willing, if you're going to follow Jesus, to, to um, uh, seek relationships and and allow the Lord to, to develop those relationships. Yeah, is a fisher of, of men, you're saying yeah, here. Yeah, right. Is. And so right. there is a relationship component. And I think no matter the task you're doing, pen and ink in an office or technical work or construction work, or even around the church, something so simple as set up and tear down. Yeah. You know, there's people impacted by those things. Yeah. You know? and, and we sometimes think, well, I can just go ahead and do, 
do that responsibility and go off and do my other the other things that I have to do. But anytime you have a relationship or a contact with an, another person, you have to have a relationship that's been built up with them in order to be effective. You have to be able to, you have to be willing to spend time with them, talk to them at their level, at their interest level, enjoy them. You know, it's not like, Oh, I've got a witness to you. You know, yeah. it's, it's, I will have a relationship. We'll build it up. And then guess what? The Lord uses that as a means by which you can be a testimony. What would you say to somebody who does struggle with showing that genuine kind of want to with relationships? You know, there's always that one person who gets under your skin, you know, your grumpy neighbor who's always yelling at the dog or, you know, that kind of a person or just the person who has that personality that rubs you the wrong way. How, how would you encourage somebody to overcome that? Well, first of all, there are, there, those people will always be around. There will always be someone who who is a challenge to you. Um, and I have told this recently to a couple of people. You have to be praying about your relationships all the time. Those those people who are the sandpaper people for your life should be the ones whose names are in your journal every day, and you should be praying about them and your relationship to them. What did you call them? Sandpaper, sandpaper people. people. They just. You know, I'm going to write that down. It just hurts. Maybe yeah. I'm going to buy a piece of sandpaper and write these people's names yeah. on the back. But you're saying prayer for them. So this is one thing Jesus taught us, right, in the Sermon on the Mount, to pray for your enemies. That's right. Pray for those that persecute you. Love them. And it's. And, I think it's hard to do when you're praying thing, for them. And the second thing, Buzz, is to, is to always make sure that you have examined your own life. I mean, it's one thing to be praying about somebody else who you don't get along with. It's a whole different thing to change your habits and your personality and your attitude in being a, a person who is loving and kind and giving and generous and, and, and all oh, those man. qualities that the Lord calls us to do. And he says... In Second Peter, he says we're supposed to have those qualities in what increasing measure. So there's never a point at which you wit, you you reach the oh I'm Mister Nice Guy. No, we're all growing in those things. So now you're talking about us being sandpaper people and we're, realizing we, that. and we are. And oftentimes the reasons why we have difficulties with others is because we have not recognized an area where we have been sandpaper to somebody yeah. else. I think that's cool that. Uh, our series as we unpack it, this Walking with Jesus series, we're going to see Peter kind of do exactly what you're talking about, to have these qualities in increasing measure. Peter's such a great example, isn't he? Yeah, he totally is. Peter was a sandpaper guy. He was impulsive. He was often angry. He was was easily confrontive. He, He would make claims that he couldn't keep. Because he, you know, that's true. <laughs> he he had great desires, but there was oftentimes not the conviction or the habit or the the personality to keep those things going. And then here at the end of his life, he writes that letter you referenced, Second Peter, where he tells us to become more Christ-like yeah, in increasing yes. measure. Yeah, of all people to write that to to have increasing to, to grow is what he said in increasing measure. And he says, unless you have that, you will be ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of Jesus Christ. In other words, if I'm not growing, I'll be ineffective. I'll be unproductive. See, I I can have great hopes and aspire to wonderful things, but unless I am growing, I will not be able to do those things. Yeah. That's what he says. I believe him. It's in the Bible. I would say, that's right. Surrender, step into, seek, and then I would say uh, stifle the desire to be a man pleaser because in, 
in, in, in all of these cases, when you follow the Lord, there are going to be situations, there are going to be situations where you can, um, desire to, to just kind of schmooze people, you know, yeah. and, and, and go along with the crowd and do things like everybody else does them instead of taking a stand the way the Lord wants you to take a yeah, stand. Yeah, I was thinking about that when you were saying how the Christian life is relationship-driven, relationally-oriented, outreach-driven. It feels yes, like absolutely. this temptation to people, please, could be a really common one. But you're telling me to stifle it. And here, when you say stifle, I've uncovered that you've done all these S's on purpose. I could. I got with <laughs> surrender. I got with step. I was suspicious about seek, and now here at stifle cats out of the bag. We've got an an acronym going on here. It, it yeah. Oh, you got or it. An alliterative. It it's an alliteration. Yes. Yeah. Oftentimes, it's the it's the very thing that makes me comfortable that I have to stifle. And yeah. And sometimes, um, what what drives me, what drives a lot of us. Is a desire to be popular, to be, to be um, well known, to have a good reputation, and you know what the Lord says: I want you to take a stand for me instead of stand for the world. And so many times we will do what the world does just to be popular. And what I'm saying is, you have to stifle that and and surrender to the Lord and to what He wants for you. I remember there was a guy that when I was a college intern, he was teaching us and he didn't like a certain food. I can't remember what the food was. I don't like bananas. So let's say that it was bananas. And he said every day he eats a banana in this thing. And just because he doesn't like it so that he gets his discipline high and pushes the the bodily desires, what he called the flesh, really? away. That's and so every day he would yeah. eat a food he didn't like just to train himself that his desires weren't foremost and he should be doing the things yes. which are right to do right. and good to do. Right. And I thought, that's wild. To eat a yeah. food you don't like to do as a picture of how you need to do some spiritual things that you don't like to do, which are very good and healthy for absolutely. you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And one of those things that we don't like to do often is to say yes to the Lord. <laughs> when, he, when he calls, you know, when, when he called... He said, follow me, come follow me. He didn't say, I want you to get your house in order and do all these kinds of things. He says, boom, I want you to follow me. That's hard for many of us. Yeah. Is to just go with it, do exactly what the Lord has called us to do. There are many times in life when God will call us to do something that's way out there and he has prepared us, he has gotten us ready, but we're going, really, me? Yeah. Or that procrastination hits that you were talking about before. I mean, just think of Moses, how Moses said, uh, could you find somebody else? You know, I, <laughs> yes, I, I, a lot and of times. he made up excuses. And then he says, could you find somebody else? You know, and the Lord had it all figured out. God had every um, uh, um, time when, he, when, when Moses would say something that was an objection, he had all of the answers. And so finally Moses surrendered gave in. And the last thing I would say, always store up memories of what God has done and what, what he is going to do, because that is, is, or, or what he has done already, because that gets you to the idea of, oh, he's going to do something more. See, yeah. that becomes your motivation to, to surrender to him more and to give yourself and want to follow him. Yeah. You brought up Moses, you know, the excuse maker. And then so often in those first five books of the Old Testament, the Lord is saying, remember what it was like when I brought you out of Egypt. Remember yes. that you used to be slaves right. and I freed you. Remember, remember, 
remember. Yes. And this is kind of what you're saying. Remember God's faithfulness so that when he's calling you to do something which might be uncomfortable, you remember. God took care of me then. He'll take care of me now. And if you don't remember, you become you can become a grumbler, you know, oh, a man. pessimistic grumbler, because you can always see the negative and the things in front of you that aren't going to work out quite so well, that aren't really to your preference. But if you remember back, if you look back at what God has done, you say, wow, look at all those wonderful things he has done. And, and, and it, it trumps any kind of a, a negative attitude that you might have at the moment that would keep you from following. Yeah, man. That's a good word. That grumbling, that that gossip, that complaining. Oh yes. It, it, even though it's just words, it's not actions. It can block your actions from moving in the right direction. Something that I have learned, um, actually, from um, the fifteenth and sixteenth chapters of Exodus, is that when you become a grumbler, it is only one step away from quarreling. It says that the people, after they grumbled against Moses. Uh, became uh, quarrelers with him. And then every little thing, like they didn't have something, they would go go at him and confront him. I don't want to be that way. See, a, a follower has to be able to say, Lord, I'll do what you want me yeah. to do. And I'm not going to quarrel with you about it. I'm not going to confront you. I'm not going to make excuses. I'm just going to follow. I like the word quarreling, fighting, boxing. You know, whether that's with the Lord face to face, kind of like Moses did at the bush, or even with each other, like the children of Israel did, Absolutely. or with the leaders, like arguing with Moses and that division, which is caused. You can't be on mission for the Lord with division. Yeah. And this is kind of what you're talking about. I think we need to be praying all the time that we not we're not so assertive that we think we can quarrel about things and have our own personal preference because that's what we will do. And it will diminish our ability to follow the Lord, to do what he wants us to do. If we're always coming up with the objection, always coming up with the quarrel, always coming up with the negatives. Do you see what Peter did here? It says he just, they just got up and followed. They just went. They just went. That's what, that's what I want to do. I will make you fishers, fishers of men. And then it says in verse 20, at once they left their nets and followed him. That's great. Give it. Hit me with those five S's again, just to okay. kind of get it cemented in into my brain here. The five S's, David. You ready for these? Ready. Surrender personal priorities. Step into opportunities for service. Seek new ways to strengthen godly relationships. Stifle the desire to be a man pleaser rather than a God pleaser, and store up memories of events that uh, prove to be life changing for the future and a motivation to, to follow the Lord. Yeah. That's awesome. We always do kind of this outro, this conclusion, this wrap up deal. And I always kick the guest out and do it myself, but I'm going to, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to make you listen to me just oh, so okay. you can make sure that I get it all right. Because I think that okay. uh, what you're inviting people to do is see how Jesus is calling and then do something about it. So as you're going through those S's, one of the ones that stuck out to me was that first one, the surrender piece. And often that's seen as an internal or a personal decision, but I know how hard it can be to do things on your own. And so I want to encourage our listeners, if they want to surrender to Jesus Christ, 
to, you can do it by yourself between you and the Lord, absolutely. But if you'd like some help or if you want to talk to somebody or if you'd like to speak about a commitment that you made or ask some questions about what it might mean to follow him, please reach out. We encourage you to email us at podcast at threecrosses.org. That'll get in touch with me or one of our podcast team and, and we'll connect with you, pray with you, pray for you. I would love to do that. We also have our prayer room open each and every Sunday after service. Come up there and get connected to somebody who loves you, who loves the Lord, and wants to just help you make that step of surrendering your life to him. It's a decision I made in first grade. It's a decision Butch made way back when, but it's for you, it might be today. And if it's today, walk through that door. I, I encourage you to do it. It's the best decision that I ever made. But like Butch is saying, that surrender at first grade, it wasn't enough for me. I had to step out and actively follow Jesus through the rest of my life. And so I want to encourage you, maybe you've made a decision to follow, and you don't know what it means to get a little bit more active. I encourage you to step into service, just like Butch is encouraging us to do. We've got several ways to do that right now in this season. One is our home communities ministry. It's not too late to sign up and jump right in. You can go to threecrosses.org slash home communities and get connected with a group who can come around you and build you up and help you perceive the call of Christ in your own particular life. I'd also encourage you to step into service. One area that we're um, trying to grow currently right now is what we call our connections team. Just those people that greet you on Sunday morning, help you find a seat, wave at you on the on the way in or work with our parking lot. Um, what an easy way to step in and serve the Lord, get to know some people all around the church and see what the Lord might have for you. If you'd like to get connected with our connections ministry, email me at buzz, B-U-Z, at threecrosses.org. There's also some opportunities on our website with its children's ministry or serving in youth or joining one of our community groups like Butch Leads on Sunday morning with the Challengers. We've got all sorts of ways designed to help you step in. So figure out what the Lord is calling you to do. Put that procrastination aside, stifle that people-pleasing nature and get out there and... Serve. How'd I do, Butch? Excellent. That was wonderful. All right. I feel like I learned something today. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. I love your energy. The joy you have with following Jesus is something I would like to have throughout my life. And so I appreciate you sharing that with us and our listeners. So Thank you, Buzz and David. All right. It's been my pleasure. To our listeners, thank you for tuning in each and every time. We'll see you in two more weeks with our next installment in Walking with Jesus. God bless you. We love you. We're praying for you. Thank you. We'll see you soon. 